This is the Root Student Ministry Podcast, where our mission is for middle school and high school students to establish strong roots in their relationship with Jesus by connecting in the body of believers, growing in their knowledge and faith, and going to serve the community and the world. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram at csmroots. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this message. Hi everyone, my name is Chloe and I'm the communications intern here in Roots. Welcome to the first week of our Afterlife series. Since we just celebrated Easter, we are focusing on the resurrection and what that means for us today. As I mentioned during the last sermon I taught, I'm not a sports person and I'm scared of any sport that involves a ball. One of my best friends, Allie, has been on the tennis team all throughout high school and she's tried to convince me to join the team since freshman year. And I said, absolutely not, no way. And even her mom tried to convince me. But then two of our other friends decided they wanted to do it. So they all forced me, well, convinced me to join the team so we can all do something fun together our senior year. Next thing I knew, I signed up for the team. But the season was delayed because of COVID and I was kind of hoping it would get canceled altogether because I was so nervous and I did not want to play. But it ended up still happening and we started practicing in February. And to my surprise, I actually really enjoy it now. I'm only a sub, which means I'm not on the starting lineup for any of the non-sports people. So I don't usually play at our matches, but I love playing with my friends at practice and it's good exercise too. Definitely no Serena Williams, but I've definitely improved since I started. It feels good to be part of a team because that's something I've never really had before. I wasn't the most comfortable with the idea of joining the tennis team at first, but now that I'm on it, I'm so glad my friends got me to do it. Something that I once hated because I didn't know how to play and was afraid of embarrassing myself became one of the coolest things to me. My early fear of tennis seems like kind of a strange way to transition into what we are going to talk about today, but trust me, it fits. Because today, we are going to talk about something that is often misunderstood, but then when we see it for what it really is, everything changes. Just like when I actually joined the tennis team and everything changed for me. When we, when we learn about the whole story of Easter, everything just may change for you. With Easter Sunday just a few days ago, we are going to dive into why that holiday is what may be the most important that Christians celebrate. But this isn't about chocolate bunnies or even where we usually end the Easter story. If you've heard of Easter before, you may know Easter is all about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that he managed to die and come back to life. But a lot of times we hear about Easter and think about what it means for us and what happens after death. Because of Easter, we can be sure about heaven and spending eternity with Jesus. And that's true and that's awesome, but what we're going to discover is that Easter is about so much more than what happens after death. Easter is about life after this incredible encounter with a risen Jesus. And that's what we're talking about. Life after the resurrection. Get it? Afterlife? And for the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at three people who knew Jesus before he died, encountered him after he came back to life, and what their life looked like life looked like afterwards. Because the Easter story was never meant to stop at the resurrection. The story was meant to keep going all the way until today, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. And if that's true, what if we were meant to be part of the story of life after the resurrection? For some of you, that might sound interesting. To others of you, that might sound terrible. 
You might feel like you don't want to be part of that story because of what you think God is like. Depending on how you've been raised, what you've been taught, or even because of some Christians you have met, God might seem like the last person you want to get excited about. From your experience, he doesn't seem like he is for you. It feels like less of a friend and more of an authoritative and angry dictator. For others of us, we have the idea that if God is out there, he's annoyed with our constant poor choices or expects us to be perfect and doesn't celebrate the good ones. Or he's angry because we've messed up and he'll be sure we get the punishment that we deserve. Or he's a perfectionist, so no matter how hard we try, we'll never meet his standards. Or he's absent. You believe he's there, but he doesn't really care about your day-to-day -day lives. Or he's just plain irrelevant. He's some ancient god, and ancient gods aren't all that helpful with today's problems. If you have ever felt that way about God, you aren't alone. I've had some of those thoughts before, and I bet many of you have as well. Then, if we're being honest, at one point or another, we've all had one or more of those thoughts about God. So here's the question. What do we do with that? How do those thoughts about God fit with the big celebration of Easter that we just had? Something sounds and feels off. Is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus just something meant to make us feel good for a moment until we remember what we think God is really like? Easter is all about good news. But the good news doesn't seem so good when God doesn't seem so great, does it? You may have heard the story of Jesus dying and coming back to life, what we call the resurrection. But before we just talk about the events of the resurrection story itself, let's focus on what it tells us about God. Because I think looking at the first Easter does more than just give us the basis for the Christian faith. It, it gives us a look at what God is really like, and that is just as big a deal as the events itself. We're going to look at a passage of, passage of scripture written by a guy named John. And John was one of the 12 guys who followed Jesus really closely. Most scholars think John was the youngest of the disciples, a teenager when he started following Jesus, so just like us. And he outlived all of the other disciples. In fact, where all the other disciples were eventually killed for their faith in Jesus, they think John was the only one who ended up living a long life and dying of old age. In a way, I think that gives John an interesting perspective that the other disciples didn't have. He had an entire lifetime to think back on the few years he spent following Jesus, thinking about what he heard and then putting it all into practice for the rest of his life. He could play the long game with his faith and see what a belief and trust in Jesus looked like played out for a lot of decades. And so when we read what John wrote, we know he was writing from a place of having an entire life of remembering back on what he saw and heard firsthand. Over the course of his life, John wrote three letters and one gospel, and a gospel is one of the books that talks about Jesus' life on earth. And in one of those writings, he tells us what he has learned about God. It's in the first of these letters that John gives us a really helpful understanding of what the resurrection proved about what God is like. Look at what he wrote in 1 John 4, 8 through 10. God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Maybe you've heard that God loves you before, but maybe it's never felt like it was true. 
But John, who spent years with Jesus as a teenager and then spent the rest of his life following Jesus' teaching, was able to look back at everything he experienced and everything he heard and say, without question, God sent Jesus so we can know exactly how much he loves us. He had one objective, to show us what love looks like. It looks like Jesus. God's motivation for sending Jesus was showing us love. But even that isn't the whole story. Jesus went as far as dying to show us what kind of love he has for us. If we ever wonder if our mistakes are too big or our missteps too many, all we need to do is look to what Jesus did with us in mind and remember, nothing we do can cancel or counteract what Jesus did for us. Because of Jesus, we know love is greater every time. And here's the thing, this story meant a lot to John who taught us about this kind of love. See, John was a friend of Jesus, but when he watched Jesus die on the cross, John probably thought that friendship and all that came with it was over. If you've ever lost a friendship in some way, you may know how John felt. Probably hopeless, alone, and frustrated. But then everything changed three days later when Jesus pulled off the greatest comeback of all time. Jesus straight up came back to life. And so the resurrection of Jesus proves what God is really like. God is love and love is stronger than death. It can conquer anything. I mean, just think about this in strictly human terms. If you had a friend who willingly gave up their lives so that you could live, what would you think that friend would think of you? That they thought they were stronger than you? That they thought you were just a screw up? That they thought you weren't worth their time? Of course not. That sounds ridiculous when you put it that way. The only thing it would prove is that that friend seriously loves you. In other words, because of the resurrection, John knew he was loved. And that wasn't all. John actually then knew something else. Because of the resurrection, John knew God is love. And the same is true for you and me. Whatever you've thought about God up until now, all you need to know moving forward is that because of the resurrection and what Jesus did for us, we know we are loved. If you and I take only one thing into the rest of our lives this Easter, my hope is that it would be this, that once and for all we would grab a hold of the idea that God loves us and God likes us deeply. The death and resurrection of Jesus prove it. Regardless of the ideas you had about God when we started talking today, I think we could all learn something from what John has told us. So as you head out this week, I want to invite you to take two steps as you consider life after this Easter season. Two steps that can help you in your way to seeing God as love. Okay, number one, be honest about your ideas of what God is like. We are living in a culture where everybody has an opinion about what God is like, and it can feel impossible for those opinions to not affect us. But I want to challenge you to be honest with yourself first. Maybe even take a few minutes this week and write down what you really believe about God. Don't give the churchy answer or the answer your grandma would like to see. Be real. Don't worry, God can handle it. You're not going to offend him. We, we all have ideas about Jesus, right or wrong, but learning to name them will help us figure out whether they are the right idea about Jesus or not. This is your permission slip to be honest. Okay, number two. 
process what God's love means for you personally. So what does it mean to you that God loves you? How does this knowledge impact you and how you see yourself? Turn on a timer for 15 minutes and sit down, put your phone in airplane mode or even turn it off and think, and think. Write it out, shout it out, have a dance party for one. Take a moment to stop and just hear your own thoughts about God. No other voices, no social media noise, no Netflix in the background. For some of you, this sounds horrible and honestly, same here. But this will allow the freedom for you to have some difficult conversations, maybe with your family, to ask challenging questions in small group, or to even wrestle with God himself over hurts you've had in the church. Because of the resurrection, John knew God is love. And because of the resurrection, you can know the same thing. You can be sure God is love. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection prove it. And the life we live after understanding that and believing that can be totally different as a result. So what if you took a step towards grasping who God really is and letting that change you? What if you really believed that he loved you right now without performance or perfection? What if you really let his love affect you personally? Maybe you'd begin to experience the kind of relationship with God that your friends talk about, but you've never really understood. Maybe you'll actually start the start to experience the relationship you talk about but have never seen. Maybe you would feel less numb about this whole God thing altogether. Whatever it is, I can tell you from experience, it's worth a try. The same way that everything changed for me when I joined the team and learned how to play tennis, everything changed for me when I learned that because of the resurrection, I know I am deeply loved by God. So this week, this is what I want you to think about. What would you want to change in you if you let God's love really change you? Is it that worship experience? Is it peace? Is it confidence? Is it believing God is who he says he is? Or is it something else entirely? It could even be all of the above. We know God loves us because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And since God's love is for all of us, then his love has something for all of us as well. Let's pray. Dear Lord, um, thank you that we just got to celebrate Easter and just what Jesus did for us by dying on the cross and taking all of our sins. Um, I just thank you that you sent your son down to do that for us, to love us and just do, make the ultimate sacrifice and show us how loved we really are. And I just pray that we can all experience that love that you have for us and just feel it and um, know how much you love us unconditionally and let that just flow into our hearts and help us truly believe it and understand it and just take time to meditate on that this week. Um, we love you so much and we pray